Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. I hope everybody is properly recovered from their Memorial Day weekend festivities. Uh, Jack, Peter, Just Baseball Show presented by BetMGM on Tuesday, May 30th. We're going to talk about the freaking San Francisco Giants. Uh, and then we're diving into our hitters of May. So we each have three hitters in a suck bag, just like we did at the end of last week. We're talking to you after Game 7 of Heat Celtics. I saw the Heat, per FAA records, booked their charter to go from Boston to Denver and not Boston to Miami. That's kind of bold. We're recording it one ahead of what an 8:30 tip in game 7. Yes, yes we are. Um and I asked on Twitter kind of to describe the this series like describe the Miami Heat and it was a lot of, you know, 2019 Nationals um and that I felt was the best comparison. Because obviously the Heat are this eight seed that took a 3-0 lead, but then the Celtics came back. The only real comparison, I guess, now, because that was, of course, earlier when the Heat took that 3-0 lead. Yeah. Now the only thing that you can compare them to is the, those Boston Red Sox who came back down 3-0 against uh, the New York Yankees. And if Game 7 in Yankee Stadium is anything like Game 7 in you know Boston Garden... The Red Sox destroyed the Yankees in that game. Do we see a Celtics blowout or do we see playoff Jimmy? I think it's fun to watch, but of course we are a baseball podcast. We got to tie it into baseball a little bit, but I think the reason we're bringing it up is it's historic. Like teams three Oh, in the NBA are 149 and Oh, like that, that transcends all sports. And it's something that you got to mention because it is historic. 
I want Jimmy to win because I'm a Bulls fan and I love Jimmy Butler at the bottom, like from the bottom of my heart. I love Jimmy Butler and I want to see him succeed. Um, also, my favorite podcast episode I have ever listened to that is not under the Just Baseball Network, because obviously one through 600 of my favorite podcast episodes are all in the Just Baseball Network, whether that's the JV show or whether that's the call-up, whatever it is. But my favorite non-baseball podcast episode that I've ever listened to is Bam out of bio on Old Man and the Three with J.J. Redick. So Jimmy and Bam are two of my faves. I hope that Miami wins. But we're talking to you after the fact, so that could have just been a moot point here. The San Francisco fucking Giants, dude. What's going on? They're just playing really, really good baseball. And... You know, what's what I've been noticing, at least from a gambling perspective, is that when the, the Giants bullpen is not that good, that's why they're very confusing right now, because the Giants bullpen, I don't think is that good. But whenever they have a bullpen game, they tend to win those games. And they are just on an incredible streak right now. They just took three of four from the Brewers, really blowing them out until they dropped that last game. But it was only a seven to five win. And they were losing seven to one before coming back for four runs unfortunately they did lose that but that included a 15 to 1 win they took two out of three from the minnesota twins they took two out of three from the marlins they swept the phillies and that's before they had that um series against the diamondbacks where they did lose three out of four but the reason i wanted to bring them up is the giants might be the most boring team in major league baseball when you look at the roster, it's a lot of guys with 100 WRC pluses. It's a lot of pitchers who, like Alex Cobb and Alex Wood and outside of Logan Webb, it's just a lot of guys who have been around the league for a long time, and you're not turning on the TV to watch. But they're performing. Like, if I told you that the San Francisco Giants and the Minnesota Twins would have the same record at the end of May when we're about two months into the season, you would think I'm crazy. Yep. But as we sit here today, both teams are 27 and 26. And the Giants are just doing their thing. Like, everybody is doing their part. Tyro Estrada just went on the IL, but they just roll from one to nine. And, of course, we're going to talk about Patrick Bailey, too, who just got called up. And yeah. it's, you know, we've been saying this, you know, we this is dating back till 2021. We're like, Patrick Bailey is going to be better than Joey Bart. But Joey Bart's going to get the promotion earlier. Giants fans have seen what Joey Bart's been able to give them. And Patrick Bailey, I think, is just objectively better. But it is cool to see the Giants because they do have so much room, like salary room moving forward next season. Maybe they'll be in the Otani sweepstakes. I thought this was going to be a really, really bad year for San Francisco after they missed out on some of those free agents. No. But they're just doing the Giants thing where they just tread water and they're competitive kind of no matter who they put on the field. Yeah, I guess the question would would turn into how do you, as like anybody listening to this, identify the Giants thing? Because I identify the Giants thing as what they did in 2021, right? Or what they did during that even year voodoo. And like, yes, 2010, 2012, 2014, they had Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner and Matt Cain and Tim Lincecum and like a, a really good belt and a really good Crawford and shit like that. Um, they had a bunch of star power. The way I kind of look at the Giants thing is what happened in 21, where you have the twilight years of Buster Posey, like the last year of Buster Posey, the twilight years of Belt and of Crawford and of Longoria, and they still managed to have a horseshoe up their ass and win 107 games. That's how I define the Giants thing. 
Um, so I think this is a subdued version of the Giants thing, but this is like, I think as effective of a quote unquote Giants thing as this roster can do, because we've talked about this roster. It's not that good at all. And here they are putting together wins in the month of May. The four best teams in the National League by winning percentage are in the National League West. The Dodgers are 16 and nine. The Giants are 16 and 10. The Rockies are 15 and 10. And the Diamondbacks are 14 and 10. There are two other teams over 500 in the National League in May. That's the Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals. That tells you that this division might actually just be freaking good. And listen, like, you can totally say that San Francisco got hot. San Francisco has the third best staff ERA in baseball in the month of May. Like you're mentioning, they're getting that from bullpen games, man. They're getting that yeah. from like unassuming starters. For me, this is kind of coming out of nowhere with San Francisco. And that's what makes it fun. Are they the most exciting product on the field? Are they the greatest show on dirt? No, they're not. But they're winning games and it's kind of hard to deny. It's hard to deny, and especially I think you uh, summed it up really well on the pitching side, but just offensively, like, talk about guys who are not big names, you're not turning on the TV to watch, but are just so damn productive. Tyro Estrada, 811 OPS. Yeah. J.D. Davis, 831 OPS. Michael Conforto, 807 OPS. Lamont Wade Jr., 848 OPS. Ball. Like, Mike Yastrzemski, 778 yeah. You know, Mitch Hanniger hasn't even come back and played well. Brandon Crawford's been terrible this year. But then Jock Peterson sells an 844 OPS. Like, that's their team. Like, I just went through the guys, and then they have Patrick Bailey. Like, that's a good offense. Then you look at the pitching side. Well, I mean, Logan Webb is standing on his head right now. Another awesome. great outing. Alex awesome. Cobb, really rough start against the Brewers. But the Brewers were kind of due to win that game, kind of no matter what. It's really hard to sweep a team in four. 3.05. Anthony Descalfani, 3.43 ERA. Right. And you go through some of the bullpen arms, they're just shoving like Alex Wood, three, five, one. Like you take the name off the jersey and you just look at the numbers and you're like, yeah, the Giants are a pretty good team. No, I mean, they're passing the blind resume test right now. And I think that they're passing the blind resume test a bit more than the Toronto Blue Jays are, than the Minnesota Twins are. And that tells you a lot, man. But listen, Texas is passing the blind resume test. Obviously, Tampa is passing it with flying colors, but you know, you look at what San Francisco has done, and you're right. You take the name away from it. You take the lack of sex appeal away from this, and, and you say, you know what? The Giants are like a decent team right now. So I'm not buying back in. I don't know if this is totally sustainable because, again, I don't find this roster to be that deep, that talented, frankly, like that good. I think they need a lot more, but they're having a really nice month and, and they're pushing forward. And again, they're doing a subdued version of the giant thing. Kind of speaking to your point, like Blake Sable was a rule five pick by Cincinnati. And then he was traded to San Francisco. Like he bounced from Pittsburgh to Cincinnati to San Fran. And he's got a 750 OPS. Two guys that I want to highlight here, Casey Schmidt and Pat Bailey. Casey yep. Schmidt in his first 19 big league games is hitting 324 with an 812 OPS. Arm is obviously, you know, been preaching the Casey Schmidt gospel since he was what in Katuit in 2019. Like this guy has been all aboard the Casey Schmidt hype train, understandably. So this guy has shown elite defensive prowess and he's hitting the crap out of the ball right now. Pat Bailey is the one that jumps out here. Happy birthday, Pat Bailey. We're recording on Monday, celebrating his 24th birthday on Memorial day. That's kind of sick. He's got to play a game against the pirates, but you know what? Shout out Pat Bailey, man, Pat Bailey, 
was awesome, flat out at NC State, taken in 2020. 2021, he's got a 795 OPS in 82 games. You know, you're climbing, right? Then in an incredibly hitter-friendly high A environment last year, this guy hits 225 with a 760 OPS. And this is while Joey Bart's struggling at the big league level. Everybody ticked down in the Giants organization. Luis Matos had a down 2022. Jairo Pomares had a down 2022. Marco Luciano was hurt at a down 2022. The only guy that kind of elevated his stock in the Giants system, there were two of them. Kyle Harrison, the left-hander who is shoving in AAA right now. He's still got to... He's got to work through some command issues. Like he's constantly walking three or four hitters per but game. He's but still so young. He's so young and nobody's getting hits against him. It's the Yuri yeah. Perez outing. So Kyle Harrison elevated in 2022. Casey Schmidt elevated in 2022. But Pat Bailey lost some prospect stock in 22. In 23, 14 games in double, 890 OPS. 14 games in triple, he struggled, but they gave him the shot in San Francisco. And in his first eight games, he's hitting 310 with an 830 OPS. When I look at Casey Schmidt, all I think about is like, you're Brian Hayes on defense with a better bat. Like <laughs> he is, Hayes is bad and brutal right now. Brutal. And it's just been brutal. Like, we talk about it all the time. Can you lift the ball in the air? No. Well, how about next year? No. How about next year? No, it's just the same thing over and over again. Now, I can never give up on him because he's still young, right? This isn't a 28, 29-year-old Brian Hayes. But we're still waiting. Like Casey Schmidt, we had to wait, what, an hour before like he had his first home run? I mean, it's just, it's night and day. And when you look at them both defensively, you know, Brian Hayes is still the class of baseball defensively. But Casey Schmidt is right there. Like You can put Casey Schmidt at short. And I'm pretty sure Giants fans would be like, all right, that's fine, because Brandon Crawford has not been that guy offensively and defensively. Casey Schmidt can go over there. He's just going to develop into one of the best defenders in Major League Baseball. And then the bat is just as good, if not better, than Cabrian Hayes. So the Giants have a guy like that there. And then you go around the infield, like there's nobody on their team where I'm like, oh, that's terrible. Like go around their team. There's no real holes it's just a bunch of average to above average guys, everybody doing their job. And I'm very interested to see them in the dog days because it is led by a big group of veterans. But at the same time, I would not be surprised to see the Giants win 83 to 84 games this year. I'm not predicting it, but I think that's a lot better than what our expectations were preseason. So I think it's it's really tough with the Giants yeah. because it's like, you buy in after a 111-win season, then they kind of break your heart a little bit. And then it's like, all right, maybe this is just what they are. But it's not what they were. They might just be better than this. And the reason I think we're bringing them up is not only to shower praise on the Giants and how they're playing right now, but to illustrate how good this National League West is. Like, yeah. the Padres have been one of the baseball's worst teams. And they're right. still the Padres. Like, the Rockies, it's hard to beat them at home. We just saw what the Mets yeah. weren't able to do in Colorado. Yeah. Now, on the road, it's a disaster, but you know when you go into Colorado, like that's a really tough home field advantage. Yeah. Then you look at the Giants, who might be in a slightly above average team. Then you look at the Diamondbacks, who are going to try and make it into the playoffs. And then you got the Dodgers, who they just lost to the Rays in that series, but the Dodgers showed that they might be the best team in the National League by beating down on the Braves. Now, you can't take one series and say, all right, this team is better, but the Dodgers are playing some of the best baseball in the league. So right. you look at this division, you're like, yeah, the AL West is incredible. The AL East is incredible. But the NL West is right there. And the Giants being good helps that case a ton.
Yeah. I, um, when, when you said like things get a little weird in Colorado, I, I think that's perfect. Cause like Walker Bueller yesterday said about Dodgers Rays, like things just get weird in Tampa. Yeah. Like, and, and when those two meet up, like it's, gonna be par for the course that shit gets weird and like that's every game at Coors Field which is why I think I love the Colorado Rockies like it doesn't matter if they're running like Carl Kaufman to the hill or like Feltner to the hill or Connor Siebel to the hill like shit just gets weird they might win that game 11-8 I mean that's a perfect example what happened in the last game against the Mets the game ended 11 to 10 the Mets put up six runs before the fifth inning was over it's six to two what do the Rockies do with Austin Gomber on the hill they put up five, and yeah. then now it's seven to six because the score was six to two. Then right. the game ends 10, 11, 10. Right. Like, what is that? Tyler McGill versus Austin Gomber with his seven ERA? Like, they won that game, it's right? Hilarious. It's just uh, it's a shit show. It doesn't even look like real baseball. It's just like this weird little league. Yeah, but it's so much fun. Like, you <laughs> can't say that it's not fun. I know it's fun, but it almost looks like I'm watching the Little League World Series whenever I turn on a Colorado Rockies game at Coors Field. Sure. I, like, cool with that. But, dude, sure. I mean, there's just something there's something enjoyable. Um, all right, let's jump into hitters here. We're doing three best hitters of May. Each of us came with three. Uh, we also have our suck bag award for the crappiest hitter uh, in the month of May, in our opinion. Yes, we do. You want me to go start? first or you want – I can go first. You, you go first. I will start with the best overall hitter in the month of May by WRC+. All rise, Aaron Judge. Number one in WRC Plus at 233. 133% better than the league average hitter. Don't give me it's at Yankee Stadium because the WRC Plus, that little tiny plus, is park adjusted. He's just proving why he is the second best player in Major League Baseball. I would take him over Trout. I know that's crazy, but I would because of how good he is defensively in right field. Combined with the bat has just been objectively better over the past couple of seasons. Nine home runs in May with a 19% walk rate while slugging 803. Now, nine runs in May is amazing, but it's only been in 18 games in May. Like Aaron Judge, this is why I was like, oh, is Mike Trout number two? Because Aaron Judge just keeps doing his thing. He's got maybe the best arm in the sport. He's one of the best defenders in right field. He's got speed on the base pass, and he's a smart base runner. And then whenever you make a mistake, he hits at 450. Aaron Judge is putting together another AL MVP type season, but it's not getting the love because it's not 62 home runs. But Aaron Judge is among the league leaders in home runs, and he can rattle off these months where he just hits 10 to 15 home runs, and it's like, oh, shit, is he going to hit 50 again? Is he going to hit 55? I would not be surprised if he's in the mid fifties when the season's all said and done. Yeah. So honest, like I'm not, I'm not going to put together an edgy take here and say that this season is more impressive than what he did last year. Cause it's not like he broke Maris's home run record last year, but what he's doing right now is as impressive as I, as I think like any stretch that, that he's put together, you know, in his career, I think. And we're talking about a guy that hit what 52 homers in 2017 in his rookie yeah. season. Yeah, Like we're talking about a guy that has had accolade after accolade, 52 homers as a rookie, 62 homers and 131 driven in last year. The guy hit 311 while doing that. He's had so many impressive things. And this May, 
when like not stumbling out of the gates, but relatively speaking, stumbling. Yeah. Like in April, in April, he had an 823 OPS. That's not Aaron Judge. It's not Judge. Nobody's pitching to him. Like that's why his walk rate is so high. Like he just, they don't pitch to him and they make one mistake a game and he hits it out. That's the thing. So Aaron Judge last year ascended from Aaron Judge to that's fucking Aaron Judge and I'm not going to give him any chance to beat me. Yeah. We entered the new frontier of Judge going into this year. And what's he doing now that he is the most feared hitter in baseball? He, I mean, we talked about it. He and Jordan, right? Like they're, they're right there. He's putting together a 1031 OPS. Like the fact that everybody's terrified of him and doesn't want him to beat you and he's still beating you is the most impressive thing about Aaron judge to me. He entered a new frontier last year. And when you are that respected, you get fucking nothing, like nothing, nothing. And he's capitalizing on every mistake there is. You watch the games and it's like everything is out of the zone. You could tell pitchers don't want to pitch to him. It's almost like, hey, judges up, like we'll deal with Rizzo. We'll deal with DJ LeMahieu. We'll deal with somebody else. Don't let him beat us. So he'll start the game off with a walk or, you know, a hard liner to left. And and then it's like, all right, well, we got past that A-B. And then next A-B, pitchers maybe feeling a little more confident. Like, yeah, I can get out there and judge. You leave anything in the zone, he's just hitting it to the freaking moon. That's why, like, I he's my second best player in the sport off of Otani, which Otani should just be zero, and Judge should be the best player in the sport. Um, and I see Yankee fans on on Twitter being like, and you know, for somewhat good reason, they watch Aaron Judge every day, and they're like, you can take Otani, I would take Judge as my best player. Like, let's stop that for a second because. Yeah, like- Otani, like, what's Judge's ERA is a funny kind of joke, but, like, it is, like, oh, you take Otani. No, like, that's the M thing. It's it's the Jordan, like, six rings thing, right? It's, yeah, even though that's bullshit. LeBron over Jordan, but that's for another <laughs> time. Um, but the main part of it is, is they're not insane. And the reason they're not insane is because I would take Judge over Trout. I would take Judge over anybody in baseball. And, like, a 233 WRC plus in May when... This is almost par for the course for him now. He's not getting the same recognition what we were speaking about a second ago because of 62 last year. Judge is still that dude. I mean, he's, if he can, uh, Hall of Fame talk, we'll say. Like, not yet. He's 31. And he started too late. It's going to be tough. No, I mean, I, I made, I made a Cooperstown joke about, about Bueller, right. Just about like the, you know, his circle wanting him to be in Cooperstown and he like laughed me out of the zoom pretty much yesterday. So that that's kind of where we're at with judge, right? Like we can't start the hall of fame shit yet, but what I will say is in his eight year big league career, he's slashing 284, 395, 585. That's a 980 career OPS. It's amazing. Like he, he has a perfect swing. It's optimized. It's just a flick and it goes and his bat stays in the zone for so long and it's you make a mistake and it's it's destroyed like you cannot afford to make mistakes against this guy and there's only a couple hitters where that's true it's Mookie it's Jordan it's Trout and it's Freddie Freeman yep and And judges more power than all of them yes he does Uh, and and my first guy is Freddie Freeman and we can have the Hall of Fame conversation with Freddie Freeman if we want we don't need to do it because I think you and I both kind of sit in the same spot like Yes, if he keeps yes. doing this for a couple of years, like he's in the hall. Freddie Freeman, 25 games in May, 
slashing 382, 449, 706. It's an 11.55 OPS in 25 games. 16 doubles, 5 homers, 23 driven in, 15 walks, 19 punch-outs. In April, Freddie was good. He hit 298. He had an 854 OPS. But on the season, he's now elevated to a 335 batting average, which is third in baseball behind Arias and Bo Bichette. He's fifth in OBP, fifth in slug, second in hits, first in doubles, first in extra base hits, second in total bases, and fourth in war in Major League Baseball this year behind Sean Murphy, Wander Franco, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Freddie Freeman is like, I mean, dude, he's never going to die. Like his, his reign of superiority at the first base position may never end. Talk about Aaron Judge not getting the credit for having a great season so far because we're coming accustomed to it. Freddie Freeman, it's like, Oh, you're supposed to hit 335. No, you're not. Like it's just, no, you're not. Like it's it's almost becoming just a day in, day out thing where Freddie's two for four with a double. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like he is so good. His bat to ball. That's why I chose his hit tool over anybody else in Major League Baseball. Like it's just that good. It's it's clockwork. The swing is weird. Uh, I remember our uh, our guy Javi, who covers the Padres over here at just baseball. He he, he always he says that he hates Freddie Freeman's swing because he doesn't understand it. And I get that feeling because it almost looks weird. It almost looks like a glitchy MLB the show. Like, how did he hit that? The graphics cut out. But it's that short and it's that compact. But he still is able to tap into power. Again, another guy with a perfect swing where there is no game plan. There's no, all right, these are blue zones. I like can you get him out this way. It's just you hope for the best. And when you're hoping for the best against Freddie Freeman, more often than not, it's not going to turn out well for you. Just continued success day in, day out, and it's becoming so boring. That's when you know it's greatness, when it's almost boring to watch him succeed at such a high level every day. Yeah, never get the Dodgers out of your mind because if you get the opportunity to watch Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Will Smith on a daily basis right now, I mean, shit, dude, you're really happy. Talk about a team that it's just incredible to watch. And these Rays did beat those Dodgers down there in Tropicana Field. The number one hitter in WRC Plus this season at 193. Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez are both at 177 and 176, respectively. But this man is at 193. He's hitting 327 this year. And he's coming off another month where he was just incredible. Yandy Diaz is a freak. Number four in WRC plus in the month of May at 206, walking as much as he's striking out, 13% walk rate, 14% K rate while hitting 340. On the season so far, he has 12 home runs, which is not anything insane, even though it's more than guys like Ron Acuna Jr. and Juan Soto and Paul Goldschmidt, and it's over a lot of other guys. But he hit nine last year. Nine. This was a guy, spoke about him before, but I want to keep reiterating it because it's an incredible development, maybe the ultimate development of the 2023 season so far. The Rays notice, hey, Yandi, we know you're hitting the ball hard, but everything is on the ground. Like, you don't have to hit 310. With nine home runs, we'd rather you at 280, but we have to tap into your power somehow. They make the swing adjustments. 
And Yanni Diaz walks in. He's like, well, I'm not going to give up hitting 300. I mean, this season he's hitting 327. But I'll get to my power. 12 home runs, driving in runs. And outside of Ronald Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman, Sean Murphy, he's up there in war because he's a fine defender too. We got to start talking about how Yandy Diaz is one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. Because you combine the power stroke, you combine the hard hit percentages, and you combine it with incredible plate discipline. This guy does not strike out. He doesn't chase outside the zone. His zone contact is nuts. And when you hit the ball that hard, the results are going to follow. You can't really find a better hitter profile in Major League Baseball than Yandy Diaz, especially this season when he's tapped into that power. That's the thing. Now you can't find a better profile. I mean, like he is, he's not punching out like you're mentioning. He's walking like, dude, a 430 OBP is undeniable. An OPS over a thousand is undeniable. This is supposed to be like what we see from Juan Soto at his peak. Exactly. Exactly. And like the, the thing that I'm asking, like, where the fuck did this come from is the Homer output. He had 14 homers in 79 games when he was what first year in Tampa, right? 27 years old in 2019. His career 162 average is 16 homers. He's got 12 and 45 games. And it's not some accident. These are real changes that him and the Rays have made. So I got I got a text from uh, you know, friend of the program, and obviously we've got a whole bunch of art behind him, Kyle Taylor. Um, and he asked me a question that kind of stumped me. He was like, Who's a guy that like is just jacked out of his mind? You expect him to hit a bunch of bombs, but doesn't. Before this year, I think Yandy Diaz would have been my answer. And now, like, there's not one. Yandy was always that big dude, massive biceps, and just, like, never hit the ball out of the ballpark. Mm-mm. But now, his average EV is over 95 miles an hour. He's averaging a hard-hit baseball. And he's got 12 nukes in 45 games. And he leads off for the Rays. And it, he just starts it. Like, he's yeah. also the Kickstarter. Like, we talk about Randy, right? Like, we talk about a lot of these Rays hitters. Wander. But it's like there's a reason Yandy leads off because he's either walking and if he's he's such a good leadoff hitter too, which he doesn't look like it because he's this enormous human who could be hitting fourth because of the power output now. But the Rays know what they're doing and they hit him leadoff because he either starts the game with a walk. Yeah. If he doesn't get a hit, this is an eight pitch at bat because he's battling and there's foul balls and he ain't striking out or he's leading off with a double or a single or a home run. Yeah. Like, and then he just starts, and then he's on second with Warner. Then Warner drives him in, and it's 1 0, and then they roll and they win. And it's just, it's an onslaught. You can't do anything about it. The Dodgers were on a roll. What happened when they went into Tampa? Like, I saw Walker when he was talking about it, like things just happened weird. Like, I agree with him, but at the same time, it ain't weird anymore. Like, they are just way better. They roll and they ambush teams. Like, Gavin Stone is struggling as a rookie. Imagine going into Tampa and trying to get out this lineup. And he couldn't. He gave up like seven earned. Yeah. Kershaw, how'd he pitch? Kershaw's been dominant. How'd he go? Like, it doesn't matter. When you go into the trop, the stadium is weird. You lose balls when there's the roof there. The vibes are off. (laughs) And they just beat the living shit out of you. Right. It is just overwhelming. They're an overwhelming team. And it starts with Yandy Diaz, the best hitter in Major League Baseball this season. I feel like everybody on the charter out after a road series in Tampa like needs to take a nap, right? It's like you get on the plane and it's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, it's like they're leading in every offensive category. Like 
yeah. you name it, from advance to counting numbers, average. Except runs WRC per game. Plus. The Texas Rangers are leaders in runs per game. That's true. But in terms of just statistics, except runs per game, you're right. Which the Rangers is like have the, been, that's the one. <laughs> that is the one. But the Rays offense, I was just watching on uh, ESPN Plus, the 85 Bears documentary, where uh, their defense would just, su- you haven't watched that? You're a Bears fan. Would just suffocate teams defensively on their way to Super Bowls, that's what this offense feels like. Suffocating. Where they just beat you senseless and there's no breaks. Like Taylor Walls is a 200 WRC plus against lefties. Taylor Walls. You sound like everyone. Suck Paredes. Taylor Walls? Taylor Walls. No, don't do this. I'm not doing it. I'm just saying a 200 WRC plus for Taylor Walls is, I can say Taylor Walls. When it's a 200 WRC plus, I know who that is. And then the reason is, I didn't think he would do that. I didn't think Christian Bethencourt would be a top five catcher. I didn't think Isak Perez would be a top 10 third baseman. I didn't think Randy Rosarina, I knew he was great. I didn't think he'd be fourth in WRC plus right now. I didn't think Yadi Diaz would be the best hitter in baseball. I thought Wander Franco would be amazing. I didn't think he'd arguably be the best shortstop. I could keep going. Where where are you pulling the 200 WRC plus for Walls? I've got 140 here. Is that May? That might be May. He okay. should be. Mu- he should. I looked at the full season a couple of days ago, and it was 204. No, for Walls? For Walls, against lefties. Oh, against lefties. Okay. Yeah, against lefties. Okay, got it. I've got overall. He's a 141, which is fucking nuts still. I mean, that goes to show you, like, he hasn't been that good against righties this season. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I I hear you. No, that Taylor Walls just gave me flashbacks to the worst take in human history. From ever. agreed, and I don't even mean to disrespect him because he deserves zero disrespect as one of the best hitters against left-handed pitching this season. Like yeah. that's that's your backup for sure. No, <laughs> I mean, that's that's your third middle infielder. There. Yeah, like your middle infield is Brandon Lau and Water Franco. And Lau, let's let's call it out, has sucked in May. He wasn't sucked. a suck he bag almost, for either of us. He almost made my suck back. He, he almost wasn't made my quite suck as horrible, but he was almost there. Like I was like Brandon Lau or the guy I'm choosing. Yes, exactly. Um, all right, my guy here, and this offense has just not been good, but Juan Soto is starting to find that Juan Soto form again, folks. April, he hit 217 with an 803 OPS. He walked. Obviously, he's always going to walk. But in May, 333, 481, 654 slash is an 1135 OPS. 16 extra base hits, 23 walks, 18 punch outs. He walked five more times than he struck out. What I want to point you to, and he's one of five guys in the month of May with with a WRC plus over 200 that month. What I want to point you to is K-rate and isolated power. K rate by month in April, 26%. In May, 17%. So he's striking out noticeably less. Isolated power in April, 196. In May, 321. Mm. He started to hit the ball really hard. He started to find holes. He started to hit for extra bases. He started to hit homers, all while striking out less. He's always going to walk. Nobody's going to throw him strikes. But the question with Juan Soto is always, for the rest of your career, going to be, what are you going to do when you get one? And the answer was miss it in April. The answer is hit it in May. Yeah, a lot of people were giving up on Juan Soto for some reason. He's younger than Adley Rutschman. Let's remember (laughs) that. He is younger 
than Adley that, Rutschman. That and Otani being fast are your two, are your two things. I will continue to say it because it's still like context matters with these guys. Like Juan Soto came up as a 19, 20 year old. Like it's going to take a little while and it didn't take a while. So people just coined him Ted Williams. We might've even said he's the next coming of it. I still, I'm not going off of that take because he had a rough season going across the country, adjusting to a new space where it's already hard to hit in Petco and then got off to had a rough April. This guy's still one of the best hitters in the entire sport. And will still, I think, make the Hall of Fame one day. Like, he's a special, special bat with incredible power. And he showed it off in Yankee Stadium with the uh, bat flip. And just the presence of mind. I was talking about this on TikTok Live. The presence of mind for both Tatis and Soto. Like, I know it's a little bit of a smaller ballpark. But, like, after they hit a home run, like, you could tell who could pimp and who's not. Like, who's been there before and hit enough home runs where it's like, you know the sound off the bat. Those two, it's just. It's majestic. Like it's, it makes you smile. Even as a Yankee fan, it makes you smile because you're like, hot. holy it's shit, hot. these guys are special. You f- you feel something rumbling. You're just like, damn, that's that's cool. Yeah. Anything else on Juan Soto? Because it's like it's just no. clockwork. Like expect him to be one of the best. We're good. He bounced back. I just needed to acknowledge that he bounced back. Talk about a guy who normally starts out the season really, really slow and then kicks it up a notch in the second half. But this season, he's just starting off hot, and he always had the talent. He would just always start the season slow. So when you look at the full season OPS, right, 785 OPS, 743 OPS in his last two seasons for the Toronto Blue Jays. But now he switches spots in that trade, Gabriel Moreno, and Lordy Scurriel Jr. And that's my guy who I'm talking about in the month of May. Aaron Judge was number one in WRC Plus at 233. Number two was Lordy Scurriel Jr. at 213. 113% better than league average. In the month of May, he hit 367 with seven bombs and a 10% walk rate. And the reason I bring him up, and I think he is a fascinating case, is because, like, even dating back to 2021, if we look at pre-All-Star break, 710 OPS, post-All-Star break, 889. We look at 2022, and it's going to be a not as similar story because he did have a pretty good start to the season. But when you look at Lordy Scurriel Jr. over the years, the same story. Starts out slow, gets hot in the second half. He's starting out really hot this season. And if he can continue this, he's an 800 OPS guy. And like that is incredibly value valuable for the Dimebacks because it felt like in that trade it was Gabriel Moreno for Dalton Varsho. And it's like we don't really have room for Guriel Jr. Like he's a good piece to add. But he's hitting third on one of the best offenses in Major League Baseball this season in the Arizona Dimebacks. He's a huge piece for Arizona moving forward. And it's not like he's some throwaway 34-year-old. 29 years old. He's in the he's in the midst of his prime. It's a good player. She's a good ass player. He is a good ass player. And, you know, like, I think the Blue Jays knew what they were giving up. Blue Jays fans certainly knew what they were giving up. I don't think the national baseball fan knew what the Jays were giving up in Lourdes Gurriel. And it's way too soon to call this like a lost trade for Toronto because Dalton Varsho has three years of control. Like, way too soon. There's no point for anybody to say D backs fleeced. Like, not, not the case. 
what I will say is like, we called this a mutually beneficial trade. And like, this was a very even trade. And with Guriel performing as well as he is, do I expect him to sustain it through August, September? No, I don't. Do I expect him to be a really solid player for the Arizona Diamondbacks and be a good everyday bat for them? Yes, I do. They bought what, two years of Guriel? I think he's got one more year of control after this. I'm pretty sure you're correct. So they bought two years of Guriel and they bought their catcher of the future in Gabby Moreno for a guy that is a gold glove outfielder that can also catch in Varsho. And Varsho hasn't been catching. He's been playing the outfield. He's played a really good center. He had, did you see his three, like his three robbery attempts this weekend in Minnesota? He dropped two of them. Like he almost robbed two homers in the span of like three pitches and dropped two of them. Like, inches away from being like the number one play on sports center. And then he robs extra bases. Like he leaps to the wall in center. It was like a very eventful weekend defensively for Varsho. But I, I think Varsho totally hit a need that the Jays needed. And Guriel and Moreno knocked off two things on the checklist that Arizona needed. And Lourdes Guriel Jr. is a very large reason why Arizona is as good as they are right now. And another reason why Lordy Scurriel Jr. has been improving this season is his swing decisions. Like, uh, I, I like to go look at plate discipline on baseball savant. And how much are you whiffing? How much are you swinging in general? How much contact are you making within the zone? And are you chasing pitches outside the zone? Because there's a difference between swinging, whiffing, and chasing. And Lordy Scurriel Jr. is rocking the lowest swing rate of his career. So he's taking pitches this season compared to last he's also whiffing at the lowest rate of his career and it's by a good margin by three percent from the previous year which is a solid drop there chasing lowest rate of his career and it's highlighted by the highest zone contact at 87 percent. those are elite level swing decisions and when he already is sitting in the 81st percentile that's a good fucking hitter like those swing decisions combined with when you hit the ball, you're hitting the ball a lot in the zone and it's always hard. No wonder he's hitting 315 with eight jacks with seven of those coming this month. Dude is on a heater right now. He hits the open market after this year. We were wrong. Mm. So he's a free agent. It's a big year. Like no wonder he's trying to get the bag. Yeah. Contract year Lourdes Gurriel. We talk contract year Matt Chapman all the time. Contract year Lourdes Gurriel. What does a contract for him look like? I have no idea. He's going to enter at age 30. Is it four years, 50? It might be, which is like, I mean, good that's... for him. Good for the best. That's a good player. Like, would you rather have him or Andrew Benatendi? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know my answer. Yeah, I know my the answer too. And yeah. Benatendi got what, 700 million? <laughs> yeah, no, he actually, he got a minority share in the White Sox. Yeah. That's great. He's making decisions up there with Rick Hahn. Yeah, well, well, with Jerry and Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn's yeah. a little, little strapped. Um, yeah, no, I think I'd rather have Gurriel for the for the foreseeable future. So, and Benintendi got a hundred million. Benintendi got seventy five. Ah. five years, seventy five. Like, I, I just, I feel history. like it's a hundred million because it was the largest. No, I feel like it's fucking four hundred million. Yeah. yeah, I hear you, man. I feel like it's four hundred. Um, moving to my last guy is Riley green with the Detroit mm. Tigers, Riley green. I'm not going to say like concretely has arrived, but this is the Riley green that many hoped we would see at, at the best <laughs> Riley green in April 
at a 613 OPS. Riley Green in May has a 1019 OPS. In 23 games, he's hitting 363 with 13 extra base hits. He's spraying the ball all over the field. In April, he had 0.1 war and a 72 WRC+. plus. In May, he's a one-and-a-half win player with a 186 WRC+. plus. Night and day, we knew this guy could be really good, and this is the first glimpse we've got of him being really good. Yeah, it's another guy who... You know, a lot of people soured on because he was a tippity-top prospect and he comes up as a 21-year-old last year and didn't do the job. Then he started out slow. He's rolling everything over and you're like, shit, when is this finally going to click for him? But I keep looking at the age and the reason I keep harping on it is he could be finishing up conference tournaments. He could be on Vanderbilt right now who just won the SEC. Like, that's what he could be doing right now at 22 years old. But instead, he's playing center field for the Detroit Tigers. And it's finally all starting to click for him. Again, we look at, you know, the same swing decisions, right? They could be better, right? They haven't changed a ton, but it's he's objectively putting the ball in the air more. He's hitting the ball harder. Like the hard hit rate is up. The walk rate is up. So it's not massive changes, but you see it starting to click. And then once he makes those swing decision changes, once he starts taking more pitches, once he starts using that hard contact to his ability and only swinging at pitches inside the zone, finding his pitch, he's going to be a dangerous, dangerous player because he's already good defensively. This is, I agree. This is This will be a special player. It's going to take a while. We're shouting him out in May because we do like him long-term. Like the Tigers have something here. Even Torque's playing better. The Tigers in general are just playing pretty good baseball right now. They just took, what, three of four from your White Sox? I mean, you did beat the worst team in baseball, but you beat them. You can only play who's on your schedule. Like, we can't blame the Tigers for having to play the White Sox, right? I can't blame them for playing a team as horrible as them. No, but I can blame them for having a sub-600 OPS from Javi Baez and a sub-700 from Torque. Those guys played pretty good against the White Sox. Maybe they just need more White Sox in their life. Yeah, like maybe. maybe they need to face Dylan Cease more. If we're lucky, Akil Badu <laughs> needs to face Dylan Cease more. Objectively needs to face him more. Yeah, like they just need to face Dylan Cease so they can win. I mean, that sentence is just disgusting. Uh, yeah. The yeah, Detroit think... Tigers need to face Dylan Cease more so they can win games. You think? All right, <laughs> just go to your suck bag, man. You're kind of You're kind of piling on me today. The White Sox are the worst team. All right, let's go. Use your All right, suck bag. You my, suck s- my suck bag was the easy favorite for National League Rookie of the Year. We were showering him with praise. We saw like, all right, he's probably going to slow down, but we still like him because of his all-around game, playing good defense. But if we look at this man objectively, month over month, he was one of baseball's best. He was leading in WRC+. Plus. I think him and Brent Rooker were up at the top of the leaderboards in most offensive categories. But James Outman, we were just show- showering the Dodgers. He has been dreadful in the month of May. Among all qualified hitters, there is nobody with a strikeout rate above 36.5%, except for James Outman, who is at 38.8% in the strikeout rate leads all of baseball by a solid margin. He's hitting 162 during May 
with a 56 WRC plus. I do feel, and I think Aram even reiterated this when he first came up, and I think you kind of confirmed it. Outman's gonna be streaky. Yeah. He's going to have these months where it's like, holy shit, look at him put it together. And then he's gonna have months like these. That's why I almost jumped on Corbin Carroll again to win rookie of the year because, like, all right, we're gonna see a downturn. But the reason I'm bringing him up is I expected him to be streaky, not the best, and then the worst month over month. Like, you can't be that because then I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on your good months to be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but that's the thing. His April was unbelievable. Unbelievable. June is going to be incredibly telling. Yep. Like incredibly, because we just saw him play the first two months of his big league season. He had what? He had four games, I want to say, in 2022. Um, So, you know, here we are going to May and Outman, he's punched out the same number of times. He's played three fewer games in May than he played in April. In 27 games in April and in 101 plate appearances, he struck out 33 times. In 85 plate appearances in May, he struck out 33 times. So obviously the clip is higher, but it's not like, oh, it was 20% and now it's 40. Like it's always going to be in the mid to high 30s here. Um, Thing about Altman is this guy is tooled the hell up. We've been saying that. I will say it forever. Um, This guy can be a 950 OPS guy over the course of a month. He could also be a 550 OPS guy over the course of a month. And we've seen both. We have seen both. And just to quantify it exactly, 966 OPS in April, 556 OPS in May. The slug is where it really came down. Obviously, the OBP dropped by 100 points, but the slugging percentage dropped 300 points in a month. Woo. It's not good. Not good. Not good. I don't have much to say. I, I'm hoping that we got a good June out of him. But, I mean, this is the biggest, best to worst that we've seen in Major League Baseball this season. By far. By far. Yeah. Even Brent Rooker got off to that crazy start. He's been worse, but not this bad. No. No. This is, I mean, polar. Um, the one that may be the worst is Jorge Mateo horrible horrible what do you think like Mateo's wrc plus in may is i already know what it is it's negative 22 yeah it crazy and jorge mateo we know how much value he provides defensively and on the base paths he still is hit so bad to produce a negative 0.7 war he's been as bad in may as aaron judge has been good because if you have a negative 22 wrc plus you're 122 percent below league average Aaron Judge has been 133% above league average. So Judge slightly. But Judge is doing historic things in May. And on the same side, Jorge Mateo is doing historic things in May. It's just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, Mateo, 23 games, slashing 120, 163, 133. That's a 296 OPS. It's not ideal. One extra base hit, 24 punch outs, and 81 plate appearances. Since we last visited Mateo's success, and I'm going to eat the L here because I thought Mateo made a change. EVs have gone down drastically. Hole rate's gone down. Round ball rate's slowly dwindling. And and, like, what did I talk about? Jorge Mateo is so game-changing fast that he can pull the ball on the ground and hit 300. 
He's pulling the ball less and he's hitting the ball on the ground less. Like usually that's a recipe for disaster, but for him, it was a recipe for success. Like he was backwards thinking and now he's not doing either of those things and he's sucking. Joey Ortiz in AAA, 26 games and 895 OPS. Jordan Westberg in AAA, one of the Orioles' top prospects, 44 games, hitting 311 with a 980 OPS and a 142 WRC+. I was saying Mateo is blocking Westberg and Ortiz and Norby. Now I'm saying it's time for Jordan Westberg to play shortstop for the Orioles. Yeah, I don't think you're out of bounds saying that. It's just the only problem is I hope you don't take two L's on the same guy where it's like you were like, oh, I think he's making a change that it's like, no, I'm ready to call him Jordan Westbrook no. and Judy. It's better. You're like, yeah. oh, I don't know what to do with him. But it's so hard. It's the Altman thing, man. Like it is. It's the Altman thing. And with a guy like Mateo, you would expect like, oh, yeah, all they're doing is spinning him to death. It's worse. Yeah. It's fastballs he can't touch. It's fastballs that are blowing him away. He's hitting 192 against fastballs this season. And that's after, like right now, he's got a 675 OPS. So that that's with the great start to the season. When you can't catch up to fastballs and you can't hit fastballs consistently, you're not going to make it in this league. Like you have to be able to hit the fastball. Because if every pitcher's favorite pitch is either their sinker, their four-seamer, their two-seamer, so if they know that you can't hit the fastball, they're going to stick with their favorite pitch and you're going to lose. And that's what he's doing, losing right now. And if this doesn't if something doesn't change, he's going to get the same results because pitchers are going to pitch him the same way and he doesn't have a history of hitting fastballs. That was always kind of his issue. But now it's really showing up because they're throwing it more. Like you look at the usage rate. Last year 53% fastballs, this year 57% and that's rising. That wasn't that high a month ago. They're like, you can't hit a fastball. Beat us with the fastball. You can't. Yeah. Just not getting to him. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. All right. Um, you piled on me enough, man. Like, give me the outro. The White Sox are give, give just... Me, just give me the outro. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the Just Baseball Show. White Sox fans, hopefully you didn't enjoy it. Just kidding. Love you, White Sox fans. Get your Just Baseball merch. It's the best way to support this show. I'm rocking my rope hat. It is in the episode description. But we are brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Wager $10 on any MLB money line, and you'll receive $100 or $200, depending on the state, in bonus bets. A lot of people ask me, can I throw it on totals? Can I use odds boost? No. It's very simple. You download the BetMGM app. When you're putting in your information, you put in promo code JBFANS. When you're done doing that, you deposit $10 and put it on any MLB money line. Regardless of it, if it hits, once the bet is settled, you will see those bonus bets in your account. The college baseball tournament's coming up. We're going to have plenty of money lines there. And of course, we'll have MLB money lines all season long. And just to wrap up, if you could rate and review this podcast five stars, whether that be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you don't want to spend a dime and you're not a gambling person, no doubt at all, that's the best way to support without spending a single dime. And if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know what you want to hear on future episodes by hitting that like button and comment what you'd like to see as well as hitting that subscribe button. We'll be back tomorrow for a big mailbag. And with that, thank you, everybody.